What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome to Tactical Living by Leo Warriors. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and for today's episode, we're going to talk about why making difficult decisions might gain you some enemies, but why you still have to make them. My dad lost my mom four years ago, and last year he was diagnosed with onset dementia. Through that, we saw several specialists. He was put on medication to help to delay the progress of it. And to be honest, the past year hasn't been so bad. A lot of that stemmed from the fact that his depression was a lot lessened because he met somebody, actually rekindled with somebody. So he found a girlfriend. Things have been fine. He's been happier. He's been less forgetful, doing things like accidentally leaving the car running in a restaurant parking lot with the keys in the ignition hasn't happened quite as much. Until these past couple months, and for anybody that's around my dad for a majority of the time, like my husband and I are, we identified that he's not quite the same person. Something isn't right. He's starting to retell stories several times during the same sitting. He's starting to forget simple things that he had just talked about just a moment prior. I knew in my heart that things were starting to progress. Maybe we need to revisit the doctor, maybe edit the medication, maybe make some lifestyle changes. Maybe do some things that will help to slow down the progression even more. I just got back from visiting my dad. It's Easter weekend. We went to the market and put together some Easter baskets for my nephew. And when we got home, he starts telling me about an argument that he and his girlfriend had the night prior. He starts to tell me about some of the ways that he feels And really, he starts opening up and is vulnerable with me about some things that he's been feeling. He has a really close friend right now who is in the hospital and who is doing really, really bad, but who's starting to shed some light and is out of the ICU. And he was talking to her wife, and I guess that she's considering the possibility of maybe putting the husband into a convalescent home when he is released from the hospital. This seemed to trigger something in my dad to where he felt the need to share with me some things that he's been hiding from me. Hiding from me because he knows that I'm the only one in his corner and the only proponent and person who's going to put forth the effort and willingness to do things like take off some time from work to take him to doctor's appointments to really stop and listen to him when he wants to talk. And he starts sharing with me that there's something going on in his brain, and he didn't want to tell me, and he started to get very agitated. I let this be a one-sided conversation. I was incredibly calm while he was explaining to me everything he's been feeling. 
And where we live in Southern California, you have to go through a down pass in order to get to what we call down the hill. So we live up the hill. Everything that's worth seeing and doing, we have to drive down the hill for. All the bigger cities, all the attractions, our main medical facility is also down the hill. He drove down the hill on Monday to go and get his eyes checked. Now, at this point in time, he has his license, and there hasn't been anything taken away. He still has his full independence. The medicine that he's on is for maintenance at this time. And he starts sharing with me how his brain isn't working right sometimes, and he didn't want to share it with me because he didn't want me to go and call the effing doctor And he didn't want me to put him in an effing home. And of course, this has never been the basis of conversation. In the past, a year ago, when he was first diagnosed with the onset of this disease, we talked about the possibility in the future of perhaps selling his house and building a mother-in-law suite, another little home in the back of our own house on our property, where he can still maintain his independence, have his own driveway, his own everything, And he seemed to start to open up to that idea a year ago. And then things progressed and he reclaimed his independence by having a girlfriend and his health was still on track and things weren't progressing at all until for these past two months. He starts to get agitated and I I pause him very calmly and I just explain to him that I've never once mentioned putting him in any sort of home And I know that the correlation of him hearing that his friend might possibly be ending up getting discharged from the hospital and then being placed into a home really charged the fact that he knows that's something that he would never want. He would never want his independence and his masculinity and the the full definition of him being the man that he has become to ever be tarnished or taken away from him in any way. And I completely understand and respect that. This is a man that I have complete admiration for, a man that I've seen go from literally nothing to building up his own company and creating success for himself. Success that I've seen taken advantage of by almost everybody around him. This includes my own family, my own brothers, his own brother, friends of the family, friends of my brothers. He was just complaining to me about all the people that he's essentially donated money to. And now he wants them to pay up. And nobody's willing to even talk to him. In full honesty, the past year for him financially went in a completely negative spiral in comparison to every year prior. He just did his taxes and received a verbal warning from his CPA that if things continue to go this way, he's going to soon need to sell his house. My husband and I tried to reason with him and get him to think about some financial planning on his part, trying to gain an understanding of what it is that he wants. What does he want to do? He'll be 69 this year, and he's been throwing the retirement word around, but he hasn't actually taken the dive. 
He hasn't wanted that self-proclaimed showcasing of who he was to be taken away because he's decided to give it all up and retire. And I get that. But he went in to tell me that as he's driving down the hill, something started happening that he's well aware of, and he lost track of where he was going. He started to second-guess whether or not he knew if he could even make it to his destination, how to get there. He was lost. He was on his way somewhere and didn't know how to get there. Then his train of thought led to, I'll call Ashley. I'll call Clint. I'll ask them how to get to where I'm going, but he didn't because he's fearful of what happens on the backside of that. What happens when the only person in his corner knows that there is something that's progressing? There is something that's going on that needs to be addressed. During today's conversation, he started to get really agitated and started cussing as though we were arguing when I sat there in silence and listened to him argue back and forth with himself. He doesn't want to see an effing therapist. If his license gets taken away, we might as, take, might as well take it all away. He's fearful of sharing with me the things that he's experiencing because he knows that I'm the only person who's going to identify when there's a problem and then take actions that are necessary to make that problem better. And as I sit here, the resolution to that problem is certainly following up with his specialists, getting him reevaluated, and hopefully editing his medication to where we can create some better balance for him. I know what I have to do is to schedule those appointments and to ensure that we go to those appointments which will probably entail my husband and I taking the day off of work because I know that he's probably not going to go willingly if it's just me alone, but that he has enough dignity to go if Clint is standing by his side. I have no help in this. My brothers have never been there and are not there when it comes to being the bigger person and shifting roles as you start to adult and parent your own folks when the time comes. And I know that in my dad's eyes, that means that I'm the enemy. He didn't share these thoughts of fear with me because he didn't want this ball to be rolled. He didn't want this process to get started to where I would feel that there was a need to seek out further care for him. I know that if we do get him reevaluated, there's a significant chance that he will get his license revoked based on him being an unfit driver. And I hate that. I hate that, but not to the extent that I am willing to know and say that there is something wrong and going on with my dad to the point that he might be in a position to either harm himself or harm other people inadvertently. I know that if that time comes, when that time comes, he's going to fight me tooth and nail throughout the entire process. 
I know that there are going to be arguments surrounding everybody around him who's done nothing but take from him my entire life. And they're going to fight the fact that his independence will now be shared with people who are responsible and who care about him and his well-being and who won't let people take advantage of him anymore. That will inevitably create enemies for myself and for my husband. I'm okay with that. If creating enemies means that I'm the only proponent of my dad's health, well-being, and happiness, and the safety of himself and everybody around him, so be it. I don't have a choice not to make the difficult decisions. If I do not make the difficult decisions, and I do not start the first step in the process of continuing to have him reevaluated and laying it in the hands of a medical practitioner who's specialized in being able to evaluate, diagnose, and treat these types of conditions, nobody else will. And if nobody else does this, I know that the next time that my dad hops in a vehicle and he tries to find his way somewhere or carelessly takes up two lanes on the highway, as I just saw him do when he and I went to the market because he thought his cell phone was most important and he wasn't paying attention to what was going on on the road whatsoever. He's going to harm himself. He's going to harm himself or he's going to put somebody else in danger or even worse, kill somebody or himself. And then I would have to live with that because I know that there is something that needs to be addressed. And as you sit there, maybe you've experienced something similar. Unfortunately, all of us have to watch our parents get older. Be it that we're lucky enough to watch them get older. Be it that we're forced to make these difficult decisions when the roles do shift and we realize that we have to take on some of the parental responsibilities once our parents get older. And maybe there's one of these decisions that you've been holding back from making in your own life. Maybe you've been neglecting to make this decision based out of the fear and the knowing that making these decisions would mean that you might create some enemies along the way. But what I found and what I know for certain is when it comes to making these difficult decisions, especially when you know that you're the only person who could make them, and you're very confident and tactful and aligned and you use your values to propel you forward with making the correct decisions, it makes it a lot easier for us to enjoy our tactical living.